Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina Conversation. Today's episode features a chat with father-daughter duo Marty Alhout and Grace Lai talking about Tent for Seven, a camping adventure gone south out west. That book is available now. Uh, this was such a cool conversation, really enjoyable. I loved hearing about Marty and Grace's experiences, um, and not only uh, how they developed this story and published the book, but also just kind of picking their brains as to what, you know, Know, what they went through um, during this the, the camping trip that is the subject matter of the book. But either way, I'll let you guys get to it. Here is Marty and Grace. Okay, so today we've got uh, Marty Alhot and Grace Lai. Sorry, I'm, trying to, I'm gonna try to pronounce that so many times. Um, they're talking about their book, Tent for Seven, A Camping Adventure Gone South Out West. That book is available now. Uh, Marty and Grace, thank you so much for uh, joining me today to chat about it. This book, um, I ha- I'm not like a diehard camper, but I'm not like totally avoidant. So I was familiar with the life. I was familiar with the experience, but this took it to a whole new level. And um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, ex- I just really liked how also how you just uh, the way you chose to tell the story was was just very entertaining and heartwarming and 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 all that good stuff. So um, we'll get into it. So thanks for sitting down to chat today. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So before we get started, um, could one of you give like a summary of the book so that um, people who haven't read it can follow along with the conversation? Yeah. So basically at its core, the book is about our family, a family of seven. There are five kids, four girls, one boy. And at the time of the trip, we ranged in age from six to 16 And it basically the book is about this two week long camping trip that my family took into the Canadian Rockies. And it was a very much a case where Murphy's law was at play throughout really the whole two weeks, but even before that and after that, uh, where anything that could go wrong was going wrong from little nuisances to much bigger, more serious um, problems. And I will add that despite that description, the book is humorous so it's not this dark serious tale of what happened but it's it's basically um it's about a camping trip that has gone very wrong and we have interspersed flashbacks to my dad's youth mainly when he was in his 20s and some of the trips that he took um out west and with some of his friends yeah i really i thought that just added so much to the um like the storytelling style just kind of and also allows you to reflect and see how far you've come right and since you're like marty your years of camping like decades ago and then you know kind of just putting into perspective will you know be like well come on i can handle this it's okay like (laughs) well i wish i could tell you that that was due to some literary brilliance on my part (laughs) but it really (laughs) it just sort of happened when i was sort of transcribing what had happened on our two-week uh, camping trip, it, you know, something would hit me like, oh, you know, we did this on that trip there, and that was exactly like something that had happened 20 years earlier. It's amazing. And I just start writing that one down, and the next thing you know, there was a whole series of these flashbacks that uh, mm-hmm. it kind of enhanced the story, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And even those were like, Oh my God. Cause I'm like, you know, the first time I went camping was in the last, I don't know, eight years. And that's because I got, you know, my husband, he's an Eagle Scout. So he was all about that life. 
prepared Mm -hmm. been camping with his family like so many times and you know he had the gear he knew what to get knew what to look for and i'm just like i'm gonna follow your lead i'm gonna let you do your thing because i i'm i don't know (laughs) i don't know what do you think and so yeah even then i'm like oh my god like i I feel like we have such an advantage we have so much technology that was like one of the first things i think you pointed out in your story was that in the 90s, like, you know, you didn't have GPS, you had to rely on maps, you didn't have like, you know, online reservation systems to make sure that where you were going would have availability, right. exactly. you know, before you're you're driving, you know, miles, dozens of miles in whichever direction only to find out that, you know, <laughs> oh, we're all full, you know, exactly. while you have while you while, when you get there. And even just with some of like, just the communication in general, it's, it's, uh, yeah, even then, that's why I was like, oh, it helped me think. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're so spoiled still. And like, even yeah. then, like me camping with all this technology, I'm like, yeah, oh, I can't imagine. Like, but I don't know, for some people, they, you know, well, back then, it's like you did everything without technology. So it's like, exactly, whatever, right? <laughs> no any better. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. it was, I feel like we had to leave little reminders throughout the book of that because I feel like people were so used to the technology now that. I can see people just thinking, why wouldn't you have made reservations? Well, it's yeah. because we couldn't make reservations. Yeah. It's not, you know, why did you get lost? Because we were looking at a paper map that was, yeah. you know, crinkled and you can't read it. And you take one turn and you're lost and you can't yep. get back on track. I, mean. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how did they, how could they tell how far they went? Like, who's there? Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost like, I mean, I'm, you know, I was born in like, uh, mid to late eighties. So like, I re- still remember using map quests and stuff, yeah, but even exactly. then I'm like, look at that, the map, it's like, you had to be on point. You had to be yeah. ready. You had to be exactly. paying attention. Like you had- exactly. <laughs> one long turn and then you're really, you can't get back on track. I mean, that's it. You're gone. Yeah, absolutely. We had to go back and research some of that too. Cause as I was writing it down shortly afterwards, I wasn't sure how far we had gone or in some cases where we had gone. So <laughs> we, we went back many years later to say, where did we really go? Make sure we get this correct. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Piggybacking off of that. Can you um kind of talk through your process of like how you put the book together and the research involved and how just, you know, was there anything surprising that you learned that maybe you forgot or that, you know, like it, just about the whole process of developing a book in general, like yeah. stuff like that. Well, it's not, it was not the standard process. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when we returned from the trip, um, as Grace mentioned, we've been through you know, a lot of ups and downs and there, there was a lot of downs, but there was a lot of ups. But when we returned back to Charlotte, the family was in various stages of, you know, recovering from trauma or physical, <laughs> you know, problems and then physical therapy and, uh, so the, the book initially came to be because um, I, after about a month of not being able to sleep at night, feeling uh, bad about everything, <laughs> several friends had said when they'd heard the story, they're going, "Well, oh, you should write a book, man. <laughs> now, they didn't really mean you should write a book. <laughs> it's just sort of a standard comment. And I thought, well, you know what? I, instead of laying awake here for three hours feeling bad about this, let me start writing it down. And that's actually how this came to be. It, it wasn't meant to be a book. It was meant to be a confession, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and it took a long time. I think it was uh, maybe nine months of uh, two or three nights a week of 
midnight till 3 a.m. Just I stay writing it down, typing away on my laptop, which you know back then was about the size of a piano. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and uh, I went through it uh, as as honestly as I could. I, I wasn't making anything up. I was just writing down what happened as best I could remember it. And then, of course, I mentioned before I started getting into these, the outtakes and it started to become a little fun after a while. And I started getting a little more sleep. But <laughs> after about nine months, I, I wrapped it up. And the intention was, you know, do I throw this away? Do I burn it? Do I what am I going to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> because I was sleeping better. <laughs> um so I, I did. I, I put it in a big old binder and I put it up on the shelf. And uh, uh, some friends read it. A bunch of friends wanted to read it because they'd heard all about this. And um, I got I got some feedback. Most of it was uh, contradictory is the wrong word, but you know, one person would say this book is just really really funny, and somebody else would say this book is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it on the shelf, and. It sat there for 20 years. and Yeah. And that, well, that was kind of was therapeutic for him. And then, you know, I I knew he had written all this stuff down, but I was 14 at the time of the yeah. vacation. So I was really more interested in, like, what was going on in my life and not so much yeah. my dad's personal problems. So <laughs> I had no interest in it at the time. And then when I was um, about 28, I was like, you know, I remember my dad wrote this thing down and I was like, I really should read it. And at that point, I had always enjoyed writing and wanted to do more writing. So I found his binder and I read the whole thing. And for me, I had never known about this Wild West trip that he and his friends took, this 10-week long road trip across the West. And some of the stories in there, I just could not believe the things <laughs> their experiences or some of the things his friends did. Um, and so I was fascinated by those. And of course, reading the whole camping trip from his point of view was super interesting. And I thought, you know, this, there's so much good content here. I, and it's all laid out. I just need to rework it and edit it and take some things out and put some things in and rearrange a bunch of stuff. So I spent several years on and off reworking it. And it was funny because, you know, he wrote the whole original draft I had nothing to do with that. And then I took it and reworked the whole thing and he had nothing to do with that. And then it wasn't until we had a publisher uh, that we actually started to really collaborate together and I would work on something and send it to him. He would rework it, send it back to me. And then it became like a really close collaboration of turning the book into what it is now. Uh, so did you have permission from Marty to go through his binder and read his deepest, darkest uh, 20, 20 no, years ago no, thoughts? She didn't. She, I didn't know she was doing it. <laughs> well, you know, well, interesting. Um, I, I don't think that he really knew that I was rewriting it or that I was serious about it. I think he kind of knew but he really wasn't paying any attention. And I was like, dad, I plan to like submit this to get it published. And it was kind of interesting because originally some of the publishers that I reached out to would, they would write me back and they would say, does your dad know you're doing this? Like, does he know you turned it into a book? Some of them were like, is he still alive? Like, oh gosh. originally it was, you know, I was pitching it as in, as this book that, I wrote, but it's from my dad's point of view. So I think some people were kind of thrown off by sure, you know, yeah, the yeah. female author, but then the whole book is told from my dad's point of view. So it worked out 
well that we did end up collaborating on it yeah. together. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I just imagine like, like, you know, him getting his writing therapy done, like figuring out a way to like, <laughs> just figure, you know, put the words on paper to, so that he could get over it or at least yeah. just like work through it. Yeah. Not, not telling anybody about it. Exactly. And then you find it and you're doing all this stuff <laughs> and not telling anybody about it. Yeah, yeah, like... Exactly. <laughs> and now everybody knows about it. The yeah. There for everybody. So that's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So like, okay, I guess we got to talk to each other about this now. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to, I would have blocked. Collaborate. Out, I, would have, I would have blocked out a few of the stories that. Well, yeah. Were in there. Some so. of the stories, I was like, "Dad, I don't." The, the nudist beach story is the one I'm referring to. I was like, I don't want to know about that. But even that story was had a really, you know, interesting ending to it. I was like, "Did you guys really? Did this really happen?" I mean, I found myself asking that so many times when I read his flashback stories just the stuff they did I was yeah yeah exactly because you're like wait like and then you kind of think well what was this the 70s like what was yeah, it you know yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly yeah, right. yeah so maybe it may be more likely yeah. than not it's not yeah, so far-fetched yeah. what, what's yeah. one of the context you know yeah that's so that's awesome I think that's such a unique like publishing experience um with the whole kind of hopping off of that as well um you know congrats that it's out in the world now and I follow you guys on um, Instagram and stuff. It's been so fun to like watch your, you know, it, you know, prepping for the release date and making your yeah. um, uh, appearances and, you know, you, you got your, your brother, your, your brother, your son into it. Uh, yeah. in the costume i think that's so funny yeah. i because because the bear that's like the bears are like the looming like part of it and it's so funny because yeah. like my husband you know, he knows all more so about that now. All I know is like, if I ever encounter a bear, I don't, I just know not to run because they could run fast. And then, <laughs> you know, and I don't even know, like uh, the differences, I never really paid attention to it. I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be in a situation where I will have to know this information. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but now I'm like, well, now good thing that I have an Eagle Scout for a husband because we have two little boys about almost three and six and we've taken them um because our friends uh we have friends that have uh, like maybe two or three times a year they invite us out to like camping trips um together and for different you know different groups of friends which is pretty cool but you know so we've taken our boys out too and i remember like one of the first maybe it was like the second or third trip that i've ever been on um the little one was six months six months old and i was trying to tell our friends who are inviting us i'm like you know, Mason's going to be six months old at this time. I don't know how I don't see this like being a good idea, <laughs> Like, <laughs> right. you know, and, and they were like, Oh, we've got like a little, um, you know, camping bassinet. We've got a camping high chair. We've got an outdoor oh. playpen. You can borrow <laughs> ever, anything you need, anything, you know, we, anything we have, you can borrow it and use it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, and I go to my husband. He was like, no, that sounds great. That's so helpful. And I'm like, okay, like what? <laughs> but he did great. Um, The only, you know, part of it was uh, it was Memorial Day weekend and we were in Wisconsin and the first night it was like, it was like the one of the coldest weekends in May I've ever experienced. So oh. overnight it got down to like the twenties and I'm, and then by the end of like, by the next morning, like, like the six month old is cuddled with him. And then the four year old is like cuddled with me. We're all like spooning, like, you yep. know, trying to, trying to make it work. But other than that, yep. the weather was like, it was pretty good. We were just like, okay, we're not going to like let it mess up our weekend. So I think with that, like kind of hearing one of like 
the way that you told your story um, and, and the wit and the humor that you infused in it and the kind of like, you know, perspective that you gave to it. It kind of reminded me of that. Like, you know what? There, you just have a good attitude and just try not to let it get you down. But then right. it seems like the universe was like, no, okay, well, how about this? How about yeah, that? Right. How about that? <laughs> you know, Meg, we had to work on that a little bit. And we give a lot of credit to uh, Sandra Jonas, who was our publisher. She was really good about helping us with things like that because um, we tend to both write pretty humorously and the book could is funny <laughs> but there's some things that aren't very funny uh, and, and she was really good about helping us balance that you know she's going you don't want this book to be just drop dead funny and people are screaming laughing and then you know come to a screaming halt when when other stuff happens so it was, we had to really work to balance the humor and the seriousness and, and she was a big help at doing that yeah yeah, yeah i i think that um but you know that's really common with a lot of authors i think especially with their debut novels is they you know editors and publishers will will just be like you know what i'd like to see more of this or you mm-hmm. can go without this and so that's like super common you know don't <laughs> don't get too hard on yourself for being like oh god maybe we shouldn't have done this like <laughs> well, well even the cover we had a couple of different versions of the cover yeah we, we did we went back and forth you know, is the bear too cute or is the bear too scary yeah. <laughs> we gotta get this the right bear it was interesting <laughs> she had um d- designed the first cover we had i loved it but it, it did have a darker tone to it. And so, and she was like, we, you know, we don't, we want to accurately portray the tone of the book. And so she made the the cover that we went with is a little bit more humorous. The bear's yeah. kind of cute. So yeah, the bear, I know that that's so funny. Cause I did see that. And I'm like, I remember looking at the cover and then continuing the book. I'm like, well, yeah, the the bear is cute. I get it, but like that, I'm like, I don't know. That bear doesn't look scary at all. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, of course he's creeping on. That's so funny. You had Big Blue in there. You had yeah. the, the tent. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cute. Um, yeah. so kind of like going off of that, you mentioned like you know with your writing process where you you know you needed help, not writing process, but your writing style. You need a little help with that. Both of you have like pretty solid and impressive, like, you know, professional careers. Like, well, it sees Marty, like all of your children have had really impressive lives and careers and, and they turned out so like extraordinary. I'm like, I bet you are really proud. And I really hope that it's not because you took them on so many, uh, trauma inducing <laughs> camping trips. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I want my boys to be successful, but I don't know if that, that's the way I want to go about doing it. Yeah. So did your like professional careers, like prepare you at all? Like anything that you, you know, lessons that you, you took over that were transferable, like anything like that? I think, um, for me, I think so. I worked for the CIA. I started undercover, which just knowing me and my personality was just maybe not the best fit because I like <laughs> to talk about what I do and not <laughs> have to not talk about what I do. So I moved into the public affairs office um, eventually. And like I said, I'd always been interested in writing. And so I, I asked um, one of the girls, I said, you know, would you mind if I tried writing a story or two for CIA.gov? And she's like, no, go for it. So I did. And the stories were really well received. And so I was like, all right, this is this is pretty fun. I love getting feedback. Um, and I kind of just went about it. My goal was to aid and entertain. So that's kind of 
that was my focus. And I wrote a lot. I ended up writing a lot of stories in the end. Um, and, and a lot of them really, they were really well received and I loved getting the feedback from the stories. And so that kind of, I guess, gave me the confidence to know that people did enjoy my writing and that I was doing something right. And that Mm -hmm. I, I could, you know, strike a good balance between the education and the entertainment. And I think, um, with this book, it's, it's definitely heavier on the entertainment side, but one of the things I did that my dad probably didn't really have so much in there was just like the interesting little facts about the different names of the mountains and why they were Mm. named those things or the whole battle between Mount massive and Mount, what was it? (laughs) Elbert, Elbert massive, Massive, which one was higher. I mean, just cause I, like you had asked before, I did a lot of research to make sure we were accurately spelling names correctly and listing their heights correctly and stuff. And I just came upon these really interesting little tidbits that I decided to throw into the book. But yeah, I think um, just having the experience of being able to write those stories and getting feedback really sort of gave me the confidence to go in and write the book. Yeah. And anything for you, Marty, anything from your career that transferred over? To- <laughs> uh, well, this, this has been great. I've had five minutes to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, I really had to go back and think, okay, where was I in 1994? Uh, and I was in the midst of having a portfolio of pretty raucous projects. And I think what I really did learn in that environment that I could transfer was kind of crisis management. <laughs> you know, what what do you do in, in the face of crises when you don't know exactly What's, how much time you have to do something, uh, how much more you should know about it before you got to jump in and do something and how to maintain a little bit of control over the participants. Mm. And I, I think that probably helped me keep a little bit of, a, a, it's hard to say I had a clear head, <laughs> but at least kind of keep things on the rails as best as possible and move it forward. And that, that probably did help. I hadn't really thought about it, Megan. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that makes so much sense. Like when, you know, just during that whole trip of, of mishaps and where so many things were outside of your control and and it's like, you've been planning this trip ever. Right. And so, and, and you were kind of looking at it as like, well, I don't know how many more opportunities of all seven of us are going to have again, you know, for something this extensive, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm trying to imagine myself and my family in these situations. And I'm like, gosh god bless this man for keeping it together (laughs) and for trying to still find like optimism somewhere in there or like having a good attitude about it and trying to just handle one thing at a time because i'm thinking like oh my god like (laughs) my husband and my kids i don't it would very much go like such the opposite way and just understandably like i just i'm impressed that you were able to keep like because a lot of the times it was just, you know, it seems like problems big and small just came yeah. at you. And it was just, if you got to be able to sweat the small stuff, right? Because when that big stuff comes along, it's yeah. like, what do you, you know, every, that's when you got to save your overwhelming, like, reaction time too. But yeah, I'm, I was just yeah. thinking like, oh my gosh, how, like, I, I wouldn't mind like traveling with you anywhere if that was <laughs> you had over anything. Like, cause, you know, like we just took a, um, 
it was a well i was on a work trip my husband and my kids were able to tag along and it was like we were staying at like a resort in texas it wasn't even like we were totally pampered and taking care of anything we needed we like had but it was still like okay they're the kids are acting like kids they're all excited and they're like having fun understandably but i was just like you guys, I'm here for work. Like you, yeah. like, you guys need to settle down, or I'm never inviting you ever again. <laughs> well, Megan, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I've heard a lot of the other that I would oh, never yeah. go anywhere with you again. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. No, I, I maybe it's just perspective. I'm like, no, I, I would not mind. I'd be like, no, this man would would not. You know, he would he would do his best, and he would not yeah. like. Cause I'm just thinking, even like with something like, where was it? Your son, he like busted his teeth and they had to, you had to take him to the dentist and you had to put that like special medicine on and yeah. you hear the slurping noises in the back of the car yeah. and you're like <laughs> licking it off. I'm like, Oh my God. My husband would have flipped at my son at that point. Like yeah. whether he's six or 16, he would have been yeah. like, what are you doing? Do you yeah. not understand everything we've been through this entire time? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just flipping. Flipping was not an option. You know, I, I was so close so many times. I thought, wow, that's it's only going to be a whole lot worse if you lose your mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, oh, that's I such a good point. I feel like you did. A, I don't know how you managed it, but I feel like you and my mom did a really good job of sheltering us from as much of it as you could. Like, I think I learned how bad it really was after we had gotten home and after I had read everything that you wrote. Cause you know, we, I don't know, you guys managed to just to hide a lot of the stress and the anxiety from us, which is pretty impressive. I don't know how you did that. Well, there was at one point when I, when we were driving and I was going to have you guys uh, pray oh, for yeah. your mom. And I thought, well, wait a minute, that might not be a good idea. They don't seem uh, to realize that that would be called for right now. Maybe yeah. I don't want to be explaining to them. The extent yeah. of, the situation yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, so like the severity of, that, yeah. of it yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a tricky yeah. it's like a tricky line to balance and yeah yeah, yeah. for sure yeah because yeah, i think about that too like if i have kids and i'm like oh like when the six-year-old he's he's getting older he's in first grade now and he's like asking questions i'm like oh okay, yeah like how do i yeah like yeah. How, how do i explain this and like like i even like little things where i'm like he's like mommy what does sarcastic mean i'm like what does sarcastic like how do i <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah just well, like the I, little things like that where i'm like okay like i gotta just be prepared for like any to explain like anything that happens in appropriate terms i don't know like it's just, a, yeah and, a- and you don't want like that stress and anxiety to like filter into them right because they yeah yeah, you kind of just want to like keep keep the energy level like you know alert but calm and and because then otherwise they might be like what do you mean we have to pray for mom like you know yeah exactly even uh, even with jolene i um i just found out a couple months ago when she was read part of the book she hasn't actually read the whole book yet (laughs) and trying to tone it down I, i she told me after she read one of these sections in the book at the low point of the book she goes i never realized how how serious my situation was until i read the book no. uh, you know we, again trying to uh, tone it down for the kids and uh, and she's a nurse i just assumed that she knew 
yeah. the situation. But she, I didn't I didn't realize until I read the book thirty years later. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh maybe I don't know if it's just like maybe her brain was trying to like protect itself. <laughs> like like well, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know, but does that make yeah, I mean maybe it's like denial. Yeah. Maybe when you're in that situation, you're kind of like when it's happening to you, you're like, no, I'll be fine. Or like, oh, said. I'm yeah. in the right place. I'm in the right place. Everybody, I'm where I need to be. But like, yeah, that's super scary. Like, you yeah. know, and, and you couldn't talk to her alone, really. Like, yeah, you, that's true. You had like five kids. You had to like hold down the fort and then <laughs> yeah. locate, yeah. locate your tent and locate, you know, past <laughs> all the weather. And oh my oh. God, I was like, that I feel like it's so funny because I think part parts of your book gave me a little bit of anxiety, but also like there was there was really there was really yeah, like, yeah. I'm like I'm like you know at the end of the day they got through it like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the book is here in my hand like that means they got through it <laughs> yeah exactly well it's funny that you cause you're you're not the first person to say that actually there's been a, a couple other people that they were they were like your book. Like Kevin, I couldn't, I couldn't stop reading it because I had to know what happened next because I was had anxiety about what was going to happen. So, but yeah. I've already met your wife. I know she's still alive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so this is a two part question. So, what were the most? Uh, well, this is going to be very different for the both of you. Um, <laughs> so, what were the most uh, challenging parts about putting this story together and publishing it? And then, what were the most enjoyable parts about uh, this whole experience? About you could go with the writing, you could go with just developing the story, um, and going through the whole publishing process, all that good stuff. Well, um, I'll give Grace a chance to think here since she went first. Land. <laughs> um, two, two different, two really different answers. The, the challenging part was, um, as, I, as I think back 30 years, when I would start writing, whenever it was, midnight or one o'clock, whenever I decided I wasn't going to go to sleep, uh, it, it was hard to start writing because I, you know, I'm not a writer. I got I mean, literary skills uh, and getting going every night, it would take, a half hour to an hour of just trudging. And then luckily, uh, almost every night, uh, it would just like be a switch would go on and I would go from trudging to, you know, I couldn't stop writing. I just would start flowing. But those first half hours or so, it happened almost every night. Uh, that that was a real chore to where some nights I almost wouldn't do it because I just didn't have the energy to get through the first half hour. And that was tough. On the fun side, I will <laughs> say, again, when Sandra was working with us and helping us you know, polish things up, uh, she had us do a couple difficult things that initially. One of them was you know, character development and getting, getting better at that and showing things in the narrative as opposed to just saying stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I resisted that at first because it was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but once we kind of got good at it, it really became fun. And I could see where we were turning situations in from just saying, hey, we were driving down the street and my kids were going crazy to where we were describing how the the potato chips were flying around the back seat and the <laughs> chair was being kicked around. And I couldn't put my seatbelt together because Max had stuffed quarters in the seatbelt holder. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden it became a lot of fun. And, and uh, that was probably sort of the flip side of the angst and trying to get started. I would say for me, probably the most challenging part was that it's my first book. So I really didn't know what I was doing in terms of, well, <laughs> 
writing it, I kind of knew what I was doing, but getting it published, you know, finding the publisher, finding the editor, the whole process of publishing a book and the ISBN and the mm. how you distribute books. I mean, all of that is completely new to me. So that has been a huge learning experience. Um, I've definitely, I've learned so much about it. So that was probably the, the biggest challenge. Uh, I think for me, the most enjoyable part, I would say it's two parts. Um, working with my dad on a project has been really enjoyable. We have such like the same sense of humor. So it's been really fun to actually write a book with my dad. And then it's been super fun to do podcasts or to do our book signings and the book talks that we've been able to do. So I've really enjoyed that part has been really fun. And I think the second part, and this was something I always enjoyed at the CIA. I love hearing people's feedback. Like I love it when people say, I couldn't put it down or I laughed out loud or I really enjoyed your book. It's just, it's nice to know that I've provided somebody with a few hours of entertainment or if they're having a bad day, they could read the book and laugh and just sort of forget about the, their problems for a little bit. So those would be the two things I think I enjoy most about it. Yeah, I bet this whole process was like really humbling for you. It's like, you're like, oh, this is new territory for me. Like, like I'm CIA, former CIA employee. Like, what, what, why is this jumbling me up so much? Like, I can't, yeah, you know, yeah, like- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was all, I mean, even the publicity part of it, you know, we, we, we know how to do some of it, but then there's other things that I just, I'd never even heard of. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, without our publisher, I'm like, what's the, the editorial reviews or, uh, you know, the yeah. other stuff they talk. I'm like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. So, yeah. Yeah. I, definitely. That, I guess that's, something we've learned for sure is that we, you, we could not have done it alone. Like there's no way we could have produced this book without Sandra and our publisher and our publicist and really having a good team of people who know what they're doing and can provide us with the instruction in the direction. So. I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they took <laughs> us and, get, and got a book out of us. <laughs> yeah. But, it's been but that's, fun, yeah, though. for first timers, that's totally, um, that's totally common. But I even think like, you know, when I speak to authors who, who like have 10 books published, you know, or either whether it's one or 10 or 20, it's, it's still different every time. Like you're still kind of, going through that process and learning things. And it's, it's, I don't know, you never like, you kind of just get better at it. I think it doesn't get yeah. easier. You, it doesn't necessarily get easier. You kind of just get better at, you know, navigating the the whole process. And um, mm-hmm. even like how you mentioned, even somewhere like as the book cover, like some people are like, I had this vision board, I had all this Pinterest pages saved and, you know, like oh, A, B and C. And then they were like, well, this is what we came up with. <laughs> but like, yeah. You know, and it's like, for the most part, they've been good experiences. We're like, well, I absolutely loved what they showed me. So I was fine with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you never know how much say you're going to have depending on. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's so cool that you guys were able to experience this uh this together and and kind of even though separate but together like eventually yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I, I certainly would have written the original manuscript a lot better if i'd have thought we were gonna <laughs> to say five years to clean it up <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> that's okay it takes the time that it takes you know like I've, I've met authors who sat on their work for 10 years before it finally got published so yeah it's it's okay yeah, well. it happens you know like it's you know it's it wasn't it took five years to be as good as it's gonna get for for release so you know let's yep. just look at it that way right <laughs> thank you that's right <laughs> true yeah. 
just a couple more questions before we wrap up here. So what advice uh, would you give for people who are going on a camping trip for the first time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I, I would say to be as prepared as possible, which is a lot easier to do now with the technology, make sure you have a reservation at a campground. That was one of our big problems. Yeah. <laughs> prepared, make plans, lay out your itinerary, have your, you know, know what you're doing. And I, you know, well, one of the other things we did um, before we took like the big two week camping trips, we would just went to the local mountains and did a couple of weekend trips. We pitched the tent in our front yard the night we bought it to see what it was like sleeping in a tent to learn how to pitch it, mm. um, to see what supplies we needed. Our sleeping bag is going to keep us warm. Do we have the right equipment to, t- you know, to tackle the Canadian Rockies? So maybe a, a, my advice would be to start, start small and really you can start in your front yard or your backyard yeah. and just build from there, you know, learn your lessons on your home turf before you go out yeah you kind of covered it <laughs> we really weren't fancy campers we were subsistence campers we you know we just wanted to get through the camping to be outdoors and play yeah. in the rivers and play in the waterfalls yeah. and um and you're, you're right we did kind of we did start small and then took the big trips um just as a bit of humor one of the <laughs> it brings back a real quick little story when we first got finished with the manuscript one of our friends gave it to the local the new the newspaper here the charlotte observer and they printed a little article that subsequently got pinned up on a bulletin board in my office and somebody uh, stapled the the article to the wall and put a big arrow on it and they put some good camping advice on it they said <laughs> don't ever take a vacation with this man and it <laughs> <laughs> Aaron was pointing right to my face. And that might be the best advice I could give somebody. <laughs> and here I am saying like, no, man, I trust you. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh yeah. Cause it does remind me. I think I remember uh, one of the details you, you said was that for the family of seven, you had like 21 bags of luggage. Yeah. I was like, and it was oh my God. Stuff. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like, I don't know what, I can't even imagine. I mean, our, the back of the van was just stuffed. I mean, it was stuffed with so much stuff. You, you didn't want to take anything out because it's like taking an orange from the grocery store. You, know, you take yeah. one thing out, the whole thing is just going to collapse. I mean. Yeah. yeah I like kind of play, play Tetris in real life, you know. Like yeah. Make sure everything, like, I can imagine how annoying that would be. Be like, oh, we're, which bag is this one thing that we need? Yeah. Like, you gotta, like, and you're like, is it worth it? Is it worth yeah. digging in there to find it? No. It's or not. like play, yeah. Or then you play, you play Django when you're like unpacking or like along yeah. the route it's like oh my gosh yeah, exactly this i mean yeah just imagining that i'm like i don't know grace did you have any like did you have any ways that you had to maybe because he had writing to kind of like work through his experience and and to kind of you know have some self self therapy there did you do you remember like <laughs> you having to do anything to kind of cope with with the aftermath with just the post i don't want to say the ptsd from it but it could be legitimately you know some form of that did you remember doing anything that you were kind of like i you know i need to kind of like deal with it i you know i was not as traumatized from by the trip as certain other members of the family like my dad and my mom and um interesting like my oldest sister she was the one who was 16 
at the time, she really was traumatized by the trip. And she, to this day, does not like to talk about it. She doesn't like to talk about the book. She doesn't like to talk about anything that happened. So she and then my brother, because, you know, he also had a traumatic experience on the trip. And I asked him about it the other day. I'm like, do you remember that? And he was like, I remember every detail. I remember like hitting the rocks. I remember the dentist. Like he remembers every detail about it. But um, but, but just his own. He didn't but his, own, much he his own trauma. <laughs> but the rest of us were my my youngest was sick. My youngest, my youngest sister was sick. So I think she was a little too young to remember much of it. But the rest of us and, and Julie was old enough traumatized. She was old enough and mature enough. Yeah, <laughs> that she she kind of knew what was going on and was so she was helping. She was a, sort of the right hand man there for a while because you know Julie yeah. was a little incapacitated and she really did a fabulous job of of staying calm and helping with you guys Mm -hmm. uh but she's um she probably will never read any of the book (laughs) yeah yeah or you know unless she she wants to unpack that moment in her life then maybe what she's ready she will (laughs) yeah it's like uh, i mean understandably right and i think that age that age is like really um kind of an indicator of how you could remember and process something like that Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, because I'm thinking like, oh, man, if I was a teenage girl going through all that, I yeah, I could totally get where I would be like, I'm going to tuck that away into yeah. my never again box in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. whereas now I'm like in my mid 30s and I'm like, I would just be like, oh, my God, let's just go home. Yeah. We don't need to do this. We're not going to get a medal. We don't like. Yeah, exactly. And even so it's like, I you know I was like coming from someone I've, I've run the Chicago Marathon twice. But that like you, you train for that. Right. So that's funny yeah. that you said like, well, I, I would say start small, go in your backyard prepare yourself for it i think that's like definitely the way to go even even then because it's like well you know your backyard i'm not digging this i'm going back inside <laughs> yeah exactly your house is right there you, you don't have yeah, to- yeah we thought we had prepared actually and <laughs> what maybe it was a something was tricking us but um nothing nothing of any note ever went wrong on our first 10 years of preparing for this trip we really did nothing i can even remember that caused us any kind of issue. Yeah. It was all saved up for this one. Uh, <laughs> just all yeah, condensed uh, into that last that last hurrah. And, and <laughs> just you know, right, we, we were actually planning this trip for 1993, and right before we left, I tore my ACL, mm. which back then was major surgery and nine months of rehab. And I think that it might have been a sign that we weren't <laughs> supposed to go, but I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> until we got on the trip and then on early in the trip um we were at, at, at the church one morning and the priest looks out and he goes you're going to be beset by trials and tribulations and you should um deal with them and appreciate the things that you have in life and i thought he was talking to the guy behind me <laughs> <laughs> so we, we pressed on uh, and then he uh, can't be talk possibly be meeting me right <laughs> yeah he wasn't looking at me <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I remember, yeah, and I remember how remarkable it was uh, to hear about the random people that you got just random assistance oh, from yes. along the way. Like, oh, what are the chances, you know, like at the least like likely moments that you all encounter someone who's just, you know, nonchalantly like, oh, yeah, here, here's my specialty. Here's my <laughs> assistance. 
Just Bye. Just what you need right now. Yeah, like, yeah, good yeah. luck, you know, like, and then wait, where do they go? Like, they yeah. just kind of vanish. That's like so um, remarkable. And, and yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, maybe that either kind of reinforced your faith a little bit just to be like, mm-hmm. oh, we just got to get through it. Like, I don't know, yeah. like, well, how, how could you not look at the silver lining, right? Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, really. And it yeah. happened so many times. That's kind of like the spooky part. It wasn't once, it was multiple times. Yeah. And it was just the exact person that you would need showed up at the exact right time. It's, yeah. You can't explain it, you know? Yeah. It was, it was a silver lining that you were talking about. You come away with a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a kind of like you know if, if you're reaching your peak of like you know anything you can handle or deal with it's like here's someone to kind of help you dial it back down like you're not yeah, reaching yeah. that threshold just yet. yeah yeah right let's bring right. it back okay like let's keep it going uh but yeah, yeah that's it's just so like added to the whole like the big picture that was that adventure for real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely yeah. kind of so you got your your book is released. Congrats! You're doing the whole thing. You're doing the after, you know, the pre and the post press and all that good stuff. What's next for you guys? Are you are you working on anything that you could talk about? Do you want to do this again? <laughs> stuff like stuff like- <laughs> it's been a lot of hard work, but it has been really fun. Um, I think for now we're both focusing on ten for seven, but I will say I do have a very rough draft outline of a book that describes all of my travels and my time at the White House and the CIA. So at some point, that will be my next project. Uh, yeah. S- Sandra has shown some interest in the rest of the Wild West trip. Yeah. <laughs> okay. there's, there's a whole, like Grace was saying, there's a whole bunch of stuff that uh, remains on <laughs> the cutting room on the floor. Room floor yeah. And yeah. Paste back together. So maybe we'll if, it, if it's PG 13, I think it's okay to include it. Right. Like, <laughs> we'll clean, have to clean it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going to have to be in like, you know, adult adventure section. I don't know. To find your audience first, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, it was the 1970s. You're right. It was a different yep. time. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, just for context, just a reminder, this is not, not not present day people yeah <laughs> um okay so marty alhot and uh grace lie where can we find you um on social media and online yes so i'm gracelieauthor.com and then from there you can get to my instagram and my facebook and i'm marty com, and i, I want to say spelled the, the, the traditional way <laughs> which is O H L H A U T, and I guess we can link back and forth. Yeah, yeah. He's but, not on Instagram. Okay, <laughs> I've heard of it. Heard of it yeah. I know. <laughs> I did. I did search for you. I was like, I wanted to make sure I had. I could like uh, find everyone possible, like where they were, so that because we include the links in the show notes and all that stuff. So, uh, but, and then also helps me get to know who I'm going to talk to. So, but yeah, I remember, yeah. Like, oh, well, he doesn't have anything. Well, that makes sense though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just let Grace take care of everything. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. I, I take care of all of, the, all our, of that. She's, she's our social media expert. Uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Okay. Tent for seven, a camping adventure gone south out west. That book is available now. Um, I recommend it to people who are scared of camping and who love camping. All the above. I think everyone's going to find something for them in this story um if anything they'll you know be highly entertained and 
maybe have a new little perspective on life and all that good stuff. But um, thank you guys. This was such a fun conversation. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you for, for those uh, other juicy tales that you have coming up. <laughs> thank you, Megan. Thank you very much. And there you go. That was Marty Alhot and Grace Lai talking about Tent for Seven, a camping adventure gone south out west. That book is available now. Go ahead and check out the show notes for links uh, where you can purchase the book and also where you can find them on social media and online. Rate, review, subscribe. Go ahead and follow us on social media, The Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club. If you want to read the book reviews for this book or any other reviews just to get a book recommendation, go ahead and check out thenerdcantina.com. If you are finding any of these books um, and you decide that you really enjoy them, go ahead and hop on over to Goodreads and Amazon um, and give them a rating and a review. It really does help the authors out. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening.